0: Today we're joined by Harry Seffi, Senior Experiences Specialist at Cheetah Digital and Sports Aficiado. And it's that last bit that we're going to talk about today because we at Cheetah Digital are very fortunate enough to work with some of the largest sports brands and associations. They, of course, have been some of the most impacted by the whole COVID-19 piece. So today we thought we would take a little look at that with someone who knows the industry better than anyone has thank you so much for taking the time to to speak to us today how are you finding the conversations you're having or the planning around what to do in this yeah unprecedented time
1: i think it's i think it's probably important as well obviously with some of the clients that i um cover in um in the uk being sort of premier league clients so football or soccer for us or the us um listeners um listening in um how they've been affected in terms of setting the context so what we're now in April um you know it's the business end of the Premier League season for example um so you're usually packed with an array of big um very consequential fixtures you know Champions League knockouts you know domestic cup European fixtures things like that all going on um so fans as locked in as attentive as ever really um and of course having to deal with uh, the removal of what is the, you know, the 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 biggest spectacle that they can rely on the live game um yeah it's it's it, it's taken some time for the clubs for governing bodies to adjust to sort of how to how to properly respond to that um, sports obviously an industry a sector which is all about sort of bringing people together um, as well as the entertainment aspect of it of course I think it's been a learning curve for, for some clubs to, and um, certainly some of the clients I work with to adjust to how they deal with it. Um, but then another bit of context, I think is the, 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 that's useful to set this as well, is that if we think back, what, even 10, 15 years ago, the way in which people interacted with their sports club. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. and, and let's stay on um, the football example there just for, just for a second. I mean, it, it used to be what you'd, it'd be the ritual of going to a game itself. Maybe that, maybe that happens twice a week. If you're lucky, then there'd be, maybe you buy a match program. Maybe you'd buy some merchandise from the shop. You would read about it in the back of the papers you 'd watch the highlights on TV maybe, and uh, maybe if you stretched to it you 'd buy a magazine where there 's an interview with one of your favorite you know, players or anything like that and that 's obviously completely shifted yeah. some
0: of us had cable networks and yes. sports subscriptions, and some of us didn 't in england you 've got your cricket, your football yes. your rugby in in the u s we 've got the MLB and the NHL and the NFL, just to name a few all of those sports are a mixture of what back in the day would have been some access to all and the the larger content uh set behind a paid wall of a media channel, uh typically a, you know, a cable provider.
1: Yeah, no, of course. And, and and you think about how that shifted and um it even makes you think about how maybe sports clubs and, and you know, to to put a silver lining on things, you mentioned all those different sort of sports um uh, there I mean how how much more greatly they they would they, they could have been affected you know 10 15 years ago because you know so many different ways in which fans interact with sports now um, didn't exist then obviously the you know the yeah. the way in which social media platforms have have, um, have you know, been born all over the place you know the you know, fans buying tickets watching live matches streaming you know video clips of content training content you know there's Instagram videos coming out from players um you know people consume all the news content around you know the next fixture etc things like that and you know plenty more direct-to-consumer offerings in there as well um things have changed a lot in in the sense of which uh, fans engage with with their relevant club or their their favorite athletes so i think those changing expectations are really important as well because that's what clubs are thinking around and that's certainly what the clients that we work with have been thinking about at, at this stage that fans expect so much more in terms of, sort of how regularly they're, they're engaged by their club these days, um, no matter what sport you're talking around, um, that there's, there's a big opportunity there to to try and fill this vacuum, but of course, do it without the live spectacles. Obviously, I think the first thing people thought about was the archive, right? The, you know, you're, 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 most of these clubs, whether you're in basketball, NHL- vast yeah. set
0: of materials from images, ph- photographers who have obviously built mm-hmm. up for years, video clips and that's that's the goldmine isn't it and 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 one of the great things that all sports franchises have in abundance is nostalgia um we are all all, we're all living for that one moment where our club does well and we'll dine out on that for the
1: foreseeable future probably until we pop our clogs as well as video clips you know photos um i think one of the things that you um, if, if not the clubs, although the clubs have this, of course, as well, but the governing bodies as well who are dealing with this crisis at the moment are sitting on, it's a wealth of statistics. You know, you, there's, there's a huge amount there that they've got to use. So whether it's, you know, the, I think the, the vast majority of the, the clubs that we're seeing across all the sports that we work with, um, all of them are doing reruns, you know, sort of live stream reruns of classic matches, classic moments, um, they're putting those on their site and, they're, and they're, they're letting those be data-driven activations as well. They're putting polls out to fans and you know, they're asking mm-hmm. fans directly, what moment do you want to watch? And what they're trying to do is recreate the focal point of their weeks, which used to be the live games, and recreate those focal points around the, you know, the, the restreaming of a classic match. So whether it be, okay, every Wednesday at 3 p.m., um, you know, come to our site, and uh, everybody will be able to watch a free live stream of that classic European game, or you know, whatever sport you're talking around. That's what they're they're now building a focal point around, so fans can choose what what that content will be. They can engage with it, and actually, what we're seeing as well is across social and the content that's coming out from clubs, they're able to be far more um, light-hearted in their tone of voice because it's much easier to tweet along to a game where you know exactly what's going to happen.
0: I've now hit two in a row of talking about Back to the Future references, so I can now hit my third and final (laughs) one, the um, Sporting Almanac. So it would be, if you're Biff and you've got the Sporting Almanac, you'd make a killing as a tweeter.
1: You see, this book, this
0: book tells the future. tells the results of every major sports event till the end of the century. Football, baseball, horse races, boxing... The information in here is worth millions, and I'm giving it to you. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Clubs are being obviously hugely hit by this, and uh, they have lots, lots of wage bills, particularly of their playing stuff. How have they taken some of these strategies that you mentioned of, of keeping people engaged by making the digi- uh, the experience digital? How can they be generating money in the short term or... Well, now is that part of it or is it really just keeping them engaged uh, as as a fan of, of an interest so they don't forget about you
1: i think part of it and i think probably the the first consideration that they had actually was around that engagement um and sort of maintain those levels of engagement using the archive content for example with the restream of of games using those those videos those those images to do sort of quizzes in terms of sort of trivia based um activations that could be rolling week in, week out. I mean, there's a huge archive there to rely upon. So in the first instance, I think it was just about what can we do to, or, or what can we serve to these fans to keep them watching, to keep them engaged on a regular basis so that, so that they don't lose interest. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about this is whilst the the spectacle of the, of the live matches is gone and, and all that goes with it, um, you know, there, there's a more captive audience than ever, isn't it? There's, there's everyone stuck at home and, for, and and sports fans in general uh, are not going to be any less hungry for sports. So you can serve it to them in, in, in new ways. In terms of sort of the revenue side of things, I think there's still ongoing sort of discussions with yeah, how, how sponsorship um, and how partnership or obligations are going to be met during this period. I think there, there are opportunities to, to to repurpose assets that you know, sponsors have, have you know, sort of digital assets that sponsors have been having to drive awareness of their partnership with, with clubs or with, with governing bodies that could still have a purpose. Um, And I think um, what you mentioned there about all the different ways in which fans now engage with, with their club or with their team, whoever it might be um, that helps. So, you know, things like training videos, things like skills, challenges, things like uh, player workouts that we're now seeing as well. So I'd say another um, pillar of what I've seen clubs doing, it falls into the fitness and sort of well-being angle. Obviously clubs are being forced to reassess how they can be of, most value to their communities. And, and one way is, you know, promoting healthy lifestyle and you know, fitness. And you know, that's one thing sports yeah. clubs know very well. So we've seen physio teams, um, you know, the coaches that the players have uh, doing Joe wick style sort of live streamed workouts. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, and, and those very often have been sponsored, you know, so you know, maybe a, a club's betting sponsor or training sponsor will get involved with that content to, to still drive some, some revenue out of this situation, but also the awareness that they're still there and, and, and awareness of the partnership. So th- that's yeah. a of things we've seen. We have seen do quite well.
0: What are some of the things that you've seen, some of the tactics, Harry from a, yeah, more of a, a pure digital marketing perspective, I guess a couple of avenues I'm interested in. One are some of the interactive pieces that can help generate data, um, sure. which the brands can do with. Uh, so and then the second part of that, this two sort of a peer pronged question I've got is how are they communicating it to people broadly? Is it, is it through email? Uh, you mentioned about the community, are they sending local people? Um, I mean, Even SMS texts about the latest uh, stay at home, keep fit from your club.
1: Yeah, no, sure. I think it's, uh, there, there are ways in which the the, the clubs that we've been working with have been able to sort of get that level of engagement, but also uh, you know collect data from from fans in the in the meantime as well. And I think it's definitely the response that they've had has been well. Let's not be um, immediately seen to be thinking, you know, solely about marketing, solely about big wins, things like that. Um, because uh, I think there has definitely been a consideration around tone of voice and how best to to sort of serve uh, you know sort of fans with this content. But no, very mm-hmm. much so. So some some of the things that we've worked on um, with a variety of Premier League clubs. So um, you know, experiences that we had through the experiences platform, for example, that always used to be launched around. Um, specific live matches themselves so thinking like things like score predictors team selectors um, and and thinking of ways to adapt those existing assets those were all sponsored as well like I mentioned before you know the, the, the club sponsors would be involved with those campaigns very important for them to be driving awareness so a repurposing of a team selector for example you have no live games to rely upon but how about so you using that to uh, you provide fans with the with the chance to almost have sort of a fantasy sort of um, sport angle to it so picking their all-time 11s you know uh, legends 11s or or even having sort ah, of different to do it as well so you know most of these sports now they're they're they boast a real sort of global audience partly because of the size of the brands they're working with but also your know, athletes come from you know all over the globe so actually thinking about doing themed sort of team selection around you know, who, who are the best brazilians who are the best you know, um, you know our best spanish players of all time you know, doing it state-based for the us and things like that i think it's there, there are ways to adapt existing assets to yeah. to, to keep that repeat engagement going uh, and also collect data at the same time as well
0: and sports teams and associations they're very fortunate in this regard they have a lot of content there's a captive audience and there's a pool of stuff that can be repurposed on a on a on a regular basis which people will always enjoy um uh, watching i oh, no, i completely
1: uh, agree and i think actually one thing that I, i've definitely been using this time for is i mean in, in in any sort of strategy session i've had with any of the clubs we work with I, i've always been at pains to sort of emphasize that I, I just I never felt that the clubs were truly sort of understanding the value of the content that they were sitting on, um, because I mean, you know, as we all know, you sort of get lost in your day to day of sort of trying to churn out your know, various engagement opportunities for fans. But there, there's so much there, and, and I think as we mentioned with other with other industries, they're not all blessed with that sort of level of content. Um, so that's certainly proving useful now. I mean, other examples I can think of sort of, you know, weekly quizzes based upon all those stats uh, you know, and trivia. Um, we, have, we have a game show here in the UK. I'm not sure if, if there's an, o- an obvious comparison in the US, but uh, called a question of sport where, you know, utilising, you know, video footage of great goals, great home runs, you know, like, um, f- fantastic matches or points in last matches, um, you know, images, Editing those slightly, so you you, you turn you know quizzes and engagement opportunities into you know, uh, opportunities where you're asking fans what happened next. You're you, you're you're asking them to get engaged in those types of experiences. Provide some data to do so as well.
0: Hello and welcome to a new series of a question of
1: sport. And then also, I think one thing that's really been interesting is clubs looking at different incentives to offer up at this time because obviously you know, the, the offer of match tickets, the offer of signed merchandise, that's all proving harder to source obviously at this time. And of course match tickets can't be offered really into unless they're being offered for the future. Um, and so clubs have been you know, definitely reassessing how to, how to incentivize, you know, the, the, these competitions, these quizzes, these um, these experiences that they've been launching with us. So even things like social kudos that we've talked about in the past or, Um, the ability to get a follow back from an official uh, Twitter account or Instagram account of the club, of the athlete, for example, that's hugely valuable to to sports fans in a way in which perhaps it wouldn't be for some of the other brands that we're working with. So we've seen experiences launched and get thousands and thousands of entries in a week, and the actual incentive behind them is um, earn a follow back from the official Twitter account of that club and yeah, you know, that's been really interesting to see that as well um and then i think the the other side of um experiences that we've seen as well um again focusing on you know capturing some data um, maintaining a level of engagement as well julian but um also at this time which i think is important trying to emphasize um some consideration for the local communities that, you know, that these clubs are based in um you know that that CSR focus that you know, can at times throughout the year, maybe feel a bit forced, but at this time, trying to make it feel as authentic as possible. So we've seen some video contests coming out where they've been repurposed for you know, people in the local community to, to send through video testimonials or nominations, You know, talking about a local hero, who's uh, you know, an essential worker, who's, you know, they're, they're still working, they're still contributing to, you know, to helping out during this period. Uh, yeah. Having those sort of highlighted in galleries, um, and then clubs making donations off the back of that to local charities, to local initiatives. Um, certainly in the Premier League as well, we've seen obviously that happen with the with the players themselves and the National yeah. Health Service. So, I think that's a really important angle to it. The last thing I remember you asked me was on how how people are being served with this content. Email is big. Email is big here, of course, uh, as we know ourselves very much. So. Um, but that email is just being refocused around, as I said, these sort of virtual um, match days that are being created, these virtual focal points that are being created now, whether it be around a restreaming of a live game, whether it be around a particular um, contest going live, whether it be around, you know, players who I think who are increasingly sort of aware of their own value or the value of their access. whether it being a weekly Google Hangout with your favorite five players from a club or from an organization or across the league, fans being able to uh, enter a a quick survey in order to submit questions, to have those questions asked directly to their heroes and to the athletes. Um, Those type of engagements being the new focal points. Email has been definitely a big uh, format of of, uh, of serving people and and, and making them aware of these, um, these events. We have seen SMS as well. Uh, and of course, um, push notifications off the back of you know, people who oh, are signed yeah. up to, to OTT platforms as well.
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to be a game of two halves, this. See what I did there? Clever, right? Um, don't get me started on quarters. Don't get me started. On that. Or for, <laughs> and The less we talk about thirds, which I learned hockey and thirds, they have a game of thirds. What is this? Wow. Um, I'm just going to alienate a lot of people right yeah. now, but it's fine. We 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 love all the sports. I just want, I just like a you know a beginning and middle and end.
1: That's want... a third beginning, middle, end. I
0: See have that? to cut this out you so I don't sound
1: just... like a moron. And we're off to Fratton Park, where there's been a red card, but for who? Chris Kamara. I don't know, Jeff. Was there? I must have missed that it's a red card. Is there an opportunity for you? these sports teams and brands to go through and talk about future state and how they can drive revenue now from sales in the future whether that's with matches or maybe even creating even more experiences like meet and greets or special like seats and things like that yeah no i think i think there there is an opportunity to sort of offer up those future you know tickets those future um future access to events like that, even even if it is still virtual for the time being, as you mentioned, um, there are those opportunities that we've seen. We've seen uh, the um, the idea of virtual um, e-sports tournaments and sort of people being sold access to those at the moment. And so you're having athletes um, take part in those, having fans take part in those yeah, and, and people registering uh, in order to, to, to sign up for those, sponsors getting on the back of them as well. So uh, in terms of the virtual side of things, I think... We'll we'll definitely see much more leaning on the um, the sports side of things. I think there's a there's a huge amount of growth that's going to be going on uh, there for the for the short term. But then, similar to travel, people are already thinking about what they what they are going to do and how they are going to get away once this is all all been resolved. Um, and um, I think we were speaking earlier how sports can be a really great vehicle for you know sort of celebration as well. So I think there's definitely an opportunity there for um, fans to be targeted in in a way in which are you know, thinking about those moments of celebration that are going to exist once the the restrictions are lifted, once sports does come back, um, and once we move away from sort of what games behind closed doors to uh, you know, fans back in stadiums, back in arenas, um, and you know, back having a chance to actually you know, see, the, see their see their favourite players on the pitch, um, and, and you know, even have the chance of getting a, a, a shirt signed afterwards as well. So I, I think there are those opportunities. But sweaty.
0: I'm, non-socially distanced so shirts exactly <laughs> that's exactly. the dream that we are all missing right now
1: handshakes hugs <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll all be there
0: imagine in football uh do you reckon one of the impacts of this is going to be that uh, when people dive now they'll be diving like four meters before they even no two meters is the, is the correct term is it two meters before they get to them just to keep it socially distanced safe tackling
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that there are a few players that we know. Do that uh, <laughs> they do that, They do that anyway. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's I think people who are listening will know who those players are as well. But um, yeah. I think there are those opportunities. But I I think similar to what we were mentioning around, um, yeah, there are these opportunities to gather data. There are, there are these opportunities to engage fans. There are these opportunities to still drive revenue and, and, and find new ways to create events for sponsors to get involved with. I think certainly that they are there, and I've mentioned a few of them already, but... I think that most of the clubs that we're speaking to um, across the board, they're, they're just being very measured in how they're doing this. Um, because I think it, it's important to understand tone of voice and how how clubs are perceived um, if they were to, for example, be seen to be overly focused on driving revenue at a period like this. So for example, even the things like uh, ticket subscriptions and ticket renewals for season tickets and actors like that, very much it's going ahead, but it's being, it's being delivered perhaps in a, in a slightly more delayed way in which it, or, um, it ordinarily would be. Some of those uh, renewals would already have gone out at this stage, for example, and they're being held off or they're being rethought about how they'll be um, yes. how they'll be delivered to fans. Yes.
0: What about the vast majority of of yeah. the clubs, which are the ones who basically need the money to survive, to pay their staff, to, to make sure that the club doesn't physically fall into disrepair during uh, the period where there isn't a lot of action in it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think for some for some clubs, as you mentioned, it, it, they don't have the luxury of, for example, of, of, of maybe knowing that you know, once this is all uh, all finished, that they'll be they'll still be in a fairly safe and solid um, position. So, um, I think we we we've seen a real uh, sort of burst of creativity amongst those sort of clubs, really. So, thinking of new ways to engage fans through whether it's those weekly. Quizzes or engagement opportunities that rely on archive content, or whether it is, as I mentioned just last time, um, esports and esports tournaments. I think there's, there's there's been a huge rise there in getting sponsored tournaments going, collecting data off off of, 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 of um, fans who are, who engage with that, who you know, answer to polls alongside a a live match between a player and a fan, or things like that, and tournaments and the like, and certainly the fitness content. I think no matter sort of the size of your club. Um, the fact that you have this focus on fitness and well-being and you're able to sort of quickly record content get it out to, to fans and then have that sponsored as well that has been a short-term sort of solution to, to try and uh, maintain revenue coming in during this period. Who's the song?